Hello and welcome to Business Lines podcast. I'm your host Hari Priya, a tech reporter for the newspaper. In today's episode, we will be discussing on how Indian global capability centers have played a crucial role in India's rise as a global technology and innovation hub. To give us more insights on the GCC landscape in India and the future for the sector, I'm joined by three eloquent guests from industry body NASCOM. Today with us we have KS Vishwanathan, Vice President Industry Initiatives NASCOM. Sudesh Panikar MDN head PNY Mellon International Operations India and Shiva Padmanabhan MDN head of Global Innovation and Technology Center AstraZeneca India to give us more insight and views on the sector we have all seen the narrative around global captive change from being cost arbitrage centers to centers of excellence and capability centers that drive innovation and development so give us an idea on the evolution that has happened over the years and where it stands today Yeah see the global capability center is a concept is about four decades young in India the earliest one started in 84 85 largely leveraged the availability of cost advantage this country had subsequently in year 2010 onwards the, the global enterprises saw the benefits of cost per nk sure and they started looking for enterprise talent as a way to hire and a way to build that capabilities perhaps up to 2015 2016 the need for innovation has drastically gone up the first phase of lift and shift the second phase of creating the enterprise talent the third phase of creating portfolio hubs and now helping global enterprises do transformation of the entire challenges as help india attain close what 48% of the global gcc market share is held by india and again from a total revenue perspective this industry contributes about 45 billion dollars of export revenue employs close to about 1.64 million people with, and 52% of the total workforce they're all involved in digital product engineering and 44% of the total revenue comes from engineering design and innovation products from india and bangalore hyderabad chennai pune noida and uh, gurgaon are the five, five destination six destination where the gcc services are get, getting rendered fantastic period and the anticipation is there is an opportunity for us to lay the ground to get the next the next 500 gcc in india and in the past just to conclude it was fortune 100 you came then fortune 1000 you came fortune 2000 came and the good news is this community has evolved so much that helping the new entrants the entire community has developed and has evolved to be an integral part of indian tech story shivasar could uh, elaborate how on their respective organizations have seen the evolution and what sort of a growth and development seen and how the global perspective on gcc has changed i think the interesting piece for me has been that a lot of those new gccs chose not to go through the evolution right and directly pivot to that value so for example instead of starting with setting up a processing center a lot of gccs we see decided to set up a innovation lab and and that's been a lot of our focus saying while we have gone through this journey while we have had so many learnings we have of course not done everything successfully we have had our share of learnings and all of that how can we bring that to bear for some of our new gccs so that they don't have to take this entire journey in the same time frame that we might have taken and i think some of these things falls through for most of the organizations that we all represents for 
Um, you know, just from uh, our perspective, uh, AstraZeneca's own GCC was set up about eight years ago. So we were at the cusp of that second generation of GCCs, that case we talked about, where we had seen the cost arbitrage, we'd seen the ability to deliver, you know, basic services from India because the company was all already using uh, outsourced providers for a, for a long time. But that second generation, our focus was really on retaining knowledge and skills, uh, improving speed and agility, and also being able to execute end-to-end strategies and, 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 and uh, programs for the company, which could be M&A or a new product launch or setting up a new manufacturing site. So we were then able to build teams that could take these things end to end. And that also meant many of the capabilities were more centered in the GCCs, uh, such as ours, right? And, and since then, we are now in the next phase of evolution, right? Where, as KSV said, now we are driving, uh, you know, how do we solve those very difficult business problems uh, through highly innovative approaches? How do we bring the power of the startup ecosystem and the and the and the academia and and that huge pool of talent that India has to solve some of the most thorny business problems or even shape uh, you know business models for the company where you know we are looking at virtual clinical trials for example as an industry how do you actually deliver on the technological innovation that's needed to actually carry out things like that digital twins so so we are now transferring or transforming into kind of the next generation uh, and as Sudish said I think many GS, uh, GCCs are plugging in at different points in that life cycle and driving value uh, for their global organizations by leveraging the capabilities that are that are present in India. But uh, important to all this is a strategic uh, kind of outlook. So the successful GCCs have really, I think, started out very strategically about India and not as an experiment or not as a, as a tactical short-term measure to check a box, et cetera, but where they have been strategic, where they've been really transformative in their ambition, uh, that's where we see uh, GCC is really being highly successful, right, uh, in the current uh, day and age. Just picking forward on that, uh, what do you guys think would be going forward would be the major factors that would contribute to this boom and uh, sort of help the acceleration pace forward? Uh, pandemic was such one such tipping point. So what are the other factors that will uh, sort of help the industry grow further? I think some of the examples that, that Shiva spoke about, right, which is, thinking about the product life cycle, being present, knowing which markets to be present, uh, being very connected from a front to back capability perspective and really building institutionalized knowledge, right? Those are, I think, some of the ways where the GCCs can really help pivot, right? And, and that pivot is in terms of creating two value for businesses and value for customers, right? Uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, in the past where the GCCs were a lot more internal facing and trying to uh, provide some incremental value to, to the different groups which started doing work uh, out of centers like this. And leveraging different aspects of technology and trying to make sure that the GCCs play an important role in the future strategy of the company. And I think the opportunity for GCCs is to be that strategic part of the company, helping drive that future strategy for the company. Uh, and there are different ways that some of these uh, engagements can happen, right? I, I think we have a very vibrant uh, ecosystem of uh, technology startups and, and different other product startups that there is an opportunity to figure out, uh, you know, what the interplay is and what value can, can that generate. 
there is also an opportunity, not in case of all GCCs, but some GCCs who actually have a domestic business in this region, right? And and there the GCCs can really directly fuel domestic growth in a domestic market uh, and trying to actually become that scale for that domestic business as an example. So these are some of the ways where I think the GCCs can really play a role in, in, in being that strategic force for the future where the focus is not just to deliver something, the focus is really more in terms of how do you create value for that end customer. And by creating value for that end customer, uh, GCCs will then have a very critical role. They will start playing for the businesses and they will start playing for the shareholders and the investors because now you're really thinking about how do you help the company move forward. So those I think are some important pivots that GCCs have. And there are some great examples, right? As, as we look around, I think there are some great examples of some GCCs already being in that journey, right? And, and leading by example. Shiva, any comments or before I go? What's really happening as you look into the future here is some of the fundamentals about our uh, our market and, and our country have strengthened and have changed in the last decade or so, right? If you really look at it uh, today, uh, you know, we have a mature business environment. We have more predictable regulations. We have respect for privacy and IP. All of this has increased the confidence, I think, globally in India being kind of uh, a very important base for GCCs. And the second factor also is I think we are well located in a world where both the East and West, uh, I think I think there's more and more investment and focus on Asia, Pacific, Australia, and all of that for many industries, right? And so we are in a very well-positioned geographical location to serve these. So these are some of the future trends that are really going to create a very strong pull for uh, for India. State governments, for example, as well as central governments, they are seeing the value of GCCs that, that are coming into their state. It's no longer just about jobs. It's about really shaping digital India in the specific industries that these GCCs belong to, right? The GCCs in the healthcare space are working with, um, you know, governments and NGOs, et cetera, to shape the healthcare digital ecosystem. So those are some of the, the high value that GCCs are able to deliver for the country. So increasingly, I for, therefore, in the future, I think that we are in a very healthy place where I think the formula of the frugal innovation that we have been, you know, very much uh, popular for, uh, is 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 actually going to thrive even more because the the element that was kind of uh, detractor was the jugard element. You know, I think we are getting rid of that. We are look now doing frugal innovation without jugard, which is very important for for global companies, right? Because the focus on quality, sustainability, uh, and the and the creating the innovation that can really scale and really last. So that really is where the sweet spot is for the future. I think so. Therefore, as Sudesh said, uh, I think we are really going to start seeing you know, uh, a much higher level of uh, value that's being created for all stakeholders from the GCC ecosystem. Yeah, from my, my my perspective about uh, 10, 15 years back, close about 70, 74% of the total GCCs used to come from uh, headquarters based on USA, Americas, Americas. So now subsequently we found Europe has increased its present and full share in the country. And now we are saying the Southeast Asia is also looking at a capacity to add. With all this put together, and we continue to, as I said, you hold a huge market share. The areas on which I would complement what Sudish and Shiva mentioned is everything around building the 
belongingness. Because the way I see it is the digital transformation, whether it is a cloud, whether it is data, whether it is innovation, whether it is cybersecurity, etc., is indeed shifting the center of gravity towards this part of the world, specifically to India. Uh, more and more global roles, more and more global projects are being taken ownership by the Indian GCC leaders. But how do we build that leadership equity that will enable us to manage geography-wise people, multiculture, multi-religion, and fortunately we don't have race as a problem in India, language, all of them, and belongingness. It cannot be Say that I'm a project manager where part of my team is located outside India. You cannot have the hierarchical cultural orientation that we have in a global setup. Perhaps global setup matrix orientation is more important. Get all of them done is the opportunity we have. We can get these models right. We would truly become a globally integrated, all the GCs, what we call the GCs today, will become a truly globally integrated enterprise present in India. That's great. So right about, uh, great segue to what I was going to ask next. Uh, we see that all of uh, operations are shifting to India, India playing a major role, but with uh, still location-wise, we are uh, still not closer to the global organizations that we have the presence here. So how do organizations look at building that kind of uh, ethos in their employees here in India and uh, be more connected to uh, the employees here, irrespective of the uh, geographical differences when we think about front to back capabilities right i think one of the important thing is we no longer distinguish our gcc's or employees in our gcc's to be any different from any other employee within the entire organization right so i think there's a lot of investment and culture building that is happening to say if when you join an organization let's say in india or any of the other countries where for example, you have this whole construct of the GCC, you're actually joining a global organization. And the advantage is you can be in this particular geography and you have access to all of those, all of that knowledge that's available. You have access to all of those capabilities that the organization uses to deliver to its clients uh, globally, right? And you could actually use the breadth of the GCCs, not just to find opportunities for yourself, but also to gain that knowledge, which otherwise in the past, you always had to go to wherever is the base location to really gain that knowledge. I think that's where GCCs have really transcended the boundaries in terms of, uh, you know, employees now can be based anywhere across the globe. And I think to a breadth and depth of capabilities, I, GCCs are beginning to bring that value proposition, which is really the employee value proposition to be able to serve uh, its clients better. So I think that's one. The second I think about, and we spoke about this uh, a little bit, right? Leadership, right? What is that shift in leadership? And the way I think about it is, I think as we were going through our evolution, we were hiring a lot of local leaders with local mindset and asking them to run functions and execute locally. Then we made a pivot to say, we need a few more leaders who have a global mindset, but they will execute locally. And I think now we are getting to a point where we are saying, well, we would love to have global leaders with global mindset. However, we want them to operate globally and no longer just locally, right? So what does that mean? 
So what that really means is you now have teams which could be spread across the globe. You could be actually the head of a function or the head of a region sitting at one of these GCCs and you're serving different markets and you have teams which are spread across the globe, right? So the need and the importance to have a very global mindset and also be able to operate in a global environment then becomes a very important part of the leadership acumen. And I think the more such examples that we create in some of these environments, the culture that gets set up within that organization is that of a global culture. It is not really about just a regional culture, but that about a global culture. Now, the advantage is you can actually have a global culture operating out of these centers and yet bring the best of regional capabilities, right? Like Shiva spoke about, that whole regional buoyancy around frugal innovation and some of those capabilities. So you can actually harness both of it and deliver scale. And when I say deliver scale, I mean deliver scale in terms of value uh, to, to, to the larger organization. So, so that I think are some important ways that uh, we see many, many GCCs investing in terms of creating that global culture. And as Sudish said, I think the more we are having global roles in the GCCs, it's, it starts to become just another location in the global network, right? So instead of being called out as a, as a center, uh, et cetera, uh, we, we are now called out as, as, a, as a hub in the, in the ecosystem, right? Where we are actually working with all of the other hubs and spokes to actually deliver that increasingly, deliver that value. So that is really important. And also creating that sense of ownership for the products and platforms and things that we run, uh, more and more of those, placing those in the GCCs is really going to be very, very crucial. And today with the technology that we have available, I think it's a much easier to connect people who are in different parts of the world to what's going on across our business. For example, we can simulate you know, how a factory looks. We have a center of excellence for XR in India here in our GCC, and we are using that to bring our new recruits in and show them exactly how a factory works in in in, in almost in uh, in uh, you know near real uh, depiction or or how a field for day in the life of a field force or a lab is so those are things we can do to really connect that gap over to you KSV. No, to build up to the, the two great example both the issues and Haripriya the way I'm seeing it is as I said we are in the perhaps the third generation of GCCs. Many of these points what you're raising were true and relevant as we transfer the journey from 2015 onward, things are different. One significant thing which has happened is, although there's an accelerated pace required, the earning trust quotient the leaders have developed in GC, the parent enterprises, has gone up. So that gives them more confidence to interest, more ownership. It is not geographically different location. The question of trust that you build to take more ownership. For example, there is an aerospace company, Rathion Technologies. 90%, 90%, they have developed an AI-based Viper system for the global aircraft. The, the, AI, the Viper system developed has got a 50% market share of the global market. And 90% of the entire product development for the Viper has happened from Bangalore or India, right? If I give another example in the automobile sector, where the market, the automobile is moving towards mostly as a software, uh, softwareization. In fact, the new joke is 
a new automobile that you deliver will be a computer with four wheels. Everything else inside is all driven by software, right? It took time, but today in the last five years, and the large companies I'm talking about, say Mercedes-Benz, India is not the market for the large luxury car. However, however, the entire of the, the, the design frame that is required for gesture control on say the, uh, uh, the computer vision algorithm, etc., that's required to make the modern car, 90% of the development effort is all from India. So much so when the global CEO of Mercedes-Benz, when he attend, is gone on press to say, I'm proud to say that every Mercedes-Benz car in the world is touched by an Indian. So those are the dimensions that has happened because the leaders have built trust where and the trust quotient is improved with the parent headquarters. The good news is the trust is built. The not so good news is there are several people who are yet to get onto this journey. And few people have got into it. And the entire mission of all of us in this call at NASCOM is to move more and more people towards the right side of the curve for the GCC to earn trust, to provide global leadership, to give one simple, one single entity of a brand for, say, Bank of New York Mellon, a single entity of brand for AstraZeneca, say, rather than saying, I'm a GCC, I'm a tech center, that is disappearing. Great. So those are some lovely insights. I think uh, moving on, I'd also like to address about the geographies inside the country. We see higher concentration of GCCs are situated in prominent metro cities in the top cities in the country. So uh, given that we are going through this expansion phase, we're going through this boom. Uh, do you think GC will consider moving to tier two cities? I think that's a great question, Haripriya. And, and maybe a case we should start because there's a very specific initiative that KSV and NASCOM is spearheading and I think I think it'll be valuable to hear about that and I think it also gives a great landing spot and a foundation for GCCs across the country uh, to take advantage. Yeah, I will start. Uh, during COVID time, the COVID time, uh, the GCCs, while their headquarters in India remained at Pune and Chennai, etc., all the GCCs put together has delivered the value-added service from close to about 300 different locations in the country at multiple places. So what is demonstrated is, and good news is, the telecom infrastructure worked to bingo. Everything worked to perfection. People are worried about security, cyber security, etc. That didn't create any havoc. So it is a confidence to people that remote working is possible. Right now, as I see, the center of gravity is in six location. If I look at places like Madurai, places like Salem, places like Trivandrum, places like Coimbatore, these are now evolved and perhaps evolving as what is required. Issue is not talent. The issue is the general aspirations of young workforce, both men and women, is to get for better job career opportunities in metro locations. So it is sooner a time, like what we are saying, other place, for example, North, place like Indore is becoming a GCC center. Have, so it's a Trichy, for example, Salem, for example, there is a company called First American Leasing Company is set up their facility in Salem. Honeywell, for example, has set up a case in 
Madurai. In Trichy, a lot of people are set up. Coimbatore, several companies set up. All these companies are enabled. COVID taught us it is doable. It is just that we are working with a local administration, creating a local ecosystem for people to exchange thoughts and build it. Will it happen? It will happen. Just as information to you at NASCOM, we are, I'm leading this project, NASCOM, are working on a project to develop next 20 locations in the country. Next 20 locations in the country as an IT, BPM, GCC destination. We have taken three, five locations in a pilot. Perhaps by 2025, these five locations come on board. The next 10, 15 years, next 20 locations will come. And perhaps the next 10, 15 years, all the aspirational district the government will be identified will be a tech destination. No, yeah. So uh, I think this is really um, uh, a trend that we should we should carefully watch, right? I think there is there are several factors that are coming together to uh, allow some of these or, or enable some of these centers and some of these locations to really become those um, spokes in the hub and spoke model or even hubs in in their own accord. I think it's it will really be uh, a segmentation will organically happen in the industry where there will be some um, organization. Uh, and industries that and, and roles that require you know a lot of collaboration with external ecosystems or a lot of face-to-face -face and in-house working that may prefer bigger hubs and more concentration than maybe other companies other roles other industries that could very well operate in a much more distributed environment so i think we will really see uh, this evolve because ultimately it has to happen right that's that's where a lot of the talent is and and uh, today we are in a race for that for that talent so sometimes you know roles have to go where the talent is and sometimes talent will come to where the roles are so i think it will we'll see um, definitely this the space expand uh, and there will be a, a good i think uh, organ self organization of companies roles locations uh, to, to expand the GCC ecosystem in the future. So if you take the example of those GCCs that support a domestic business, I think this probably gives them the scale and the threat and the opportunity for them to really enhance their coverage, right? To a hub and the spoke model as an example. For those GCCs which are perhaps in a single city kind of an environment as they start growing, this probably gives them non-traditional options of growth, right? Uh, because earlier they would have just thought about those three or four cities that you talked about, but this now gives them additional options in terms of non-traditional cities where they can potentially consider that growth. So I'm very excited in, in the journey that, that we are taking. And as I said, uh, I do think this will all manifest in different ways in terms of opportunities. That's great, sir. Uh, so I'd, I'd move on and I'd like for you guys to also address a little bit about the global slowdown that we're hearing of currently in the uh, macroeconomic environment uh, in the West. So, uh, so how does this affect GC the growth of GCCs in India? I, I, what I would say is every time there are headwinds in certain industries and in certain sectors, right? Uh, I think organizations try to reinvent themselves. Organizations try to look at what are some of the new opportunities. And therefore, uh, I think to some of the conversations that we have, we've had earlier, I think it's very important for GCCs to be very strongly connected to where the organization is, where the organization is trying to go. What are the headwinds? Because every time there are headwinds, it creates a bunch of opportunities. And I think it is, it is going to be very important for GCCs to continue to stay linked into where the business is going 
and then try and figure out that in some of those opportunities, what role can the GCCs play, right? So, so that's really the way I think about it from a GCC perspective, staying closely connected with the business. Business could be going through certain headwinds, but business is surely going to reinvent itself. Uh, there will be a new additional opportunities on the horizon, and I think it's up to the GCCs to really seize the opportunity to be able to drive that value. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, with Sadish. Um, no matter what is the is the strategy and direction in which the business is going. Sometimes it's about um, you know cost optimization and more automation. For example, bringing more AI so that we can reduce the manual activity across the company. It could be about uh, you know frugal innovation, you know, finding newer ways to solve problems that, that that can be done in a in a much more effective and efficient way. Or it could be about growing the top line. It could be about finding new customers. So so I would say we have a, a whole portfolio of tools in in the in the gccs of today and the capability and the skills to operate those and staying close to the business and understanding where it's going what are the priorities and navigating that and helping the the, the, the business to navigate that that's where i think the success of the gccs is going to be i actually also see that geopolitically i think there's a lot of change happening around the world and companies do want to look at uh, you know the, the 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 resilience of the network of gccs they have across the world and here i think india can play a huge role in actually being kind of the leader of that right being the the master gcc or, or rather having a strategy for the network of gccs that can uh, you know increase resilience and and improve uh, you know the ability to serve customers around the world in spite of these geopolitical challenges and shifts that are happening. Uh, and I'm sure, KSV, you, you'll have some views on this question. And, so and I will, I'll just put additional color to both your argument. Uh, Haripriya, if I had to work in terms of data, one as such, as I said, in 22-23, when the early signs of slowdown, the organization that Dr. was started, the overall headcount of GCCs have increased by 10.3%. 10.3% across the board. And about 70 new GCCs have been added in the last year. The reason for the second one is, in the decision they take place, usually the impact is on cost takeout. Even the large existing GCCs who have been there for the last 15 years, 20 years, the impact of decision has been the GCC been told, tighten up and see where you can bring out more cost takeout than what it is possible. The model is now pulling their extra income, pulling revenue costs that is required for global operation that is swinging in terms of GCC model. And the new GCCs are coming because they said if they have to, while the recession is there, like COVID, if they have to plan for any other resilience, they require a digital model, a digitally enabled model, and that capacity and capability insists in India so that people come here. And the last but not least, notwithstanding the recession, the point that Shiva alluded, the geopolitical tension that is going through, every country is now building a resilience program of, and say, uh, in Asia, in another destination, I will use the word beyond China. So China plus one strategy, right? So what they're looking at it, those capacities also adding up the total number of inflow of GCCs in the country. And as you started in the beginning of the conversation, this trend of positive momentum is on. The narrative and story of GC success story is on. Aspiration of GC leaders to get more is on. 
that gave us confidence the next 300, 500 will come. What is required is that showcase, inspire people with the digitization that is happening in the country. Inspire people, innovation happening in the country through startups. Biggest unicorns are all coming from here. Inspire the global multinational corporations that the GCC leaders in the country today have helped the parent enterprises, the digital leadership paradigm. Inspire the global leadership people saying that if you're just coming for cost and some talent, don't come, look for leadership. If you can inspire this four, I'm saying we are in an even more stronger wicket, like a sure shot and 80% chance of winning this game. Thank you for sharing your insights, gentlemen. It's been a great conversation. That's all for today's edition. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes of the podcast. 